Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by InsideTexas.com beat reporter Joe Cook. Joe was at DKR today to talk with uh, Steve Sarkeesian and a few players uh, for the media appearances. Uh, was finished talking with Sark, talking to a couple of the other players, uh, including a couple of uh, uh, including a couple of seniors. Uh, when news broke that Demarvian Overshone, uh, the linebacker out of uh, Arp, Texas, was actually booked. Uh, earlier today in Van Zant County uh, for a failure to appear for a, a possession charge. Uh, Joe, you talked to, to the uh, booking agent, I think, or someone up in the up there in Van Zant. Can you give us the latest, please? Yeah, booked is the right word. I know whenever the reports first uh, came out, it said arrested. And yeah, when you see a guy in jail and you call Van Zant County Jail like I did, and they say, yes, he was released. And uh, you know, he's on bond. You kind of think arrested, but uh, no, this stems from a citation received a while back. Uh, it, UT spokesperson said this is something that happened. He said over a year ago, it may have been before it's earlier than that. Uh, but uh, all it was, was he went up to pay a, there was a misunderstanding between DeMarvion and his uh, legal team on, you know, specifics between when to show up, uh, that type of thing. Um, just booked. Booked is the right word. He had to pay a fine. Um, it sounds like based off other reports and what we've heard over at Inside Texas and even from what Texas has said, this is uh, not going to really be much of a have much of an effect on what Overshone uh, is able to do going forward. The Big 12 and the NCAA, on the other hand, may have more of a say uh, than, than in, in whether DeMarvion plays next week. Yeah, exactly. Because of the, the helmet to helmet contact. Uh, they called uh, uh, the penalty. Uh, Sark in his press conference did not uh, said that they did file an appeal for that, uh, but had not heard back yet. Uh, the, basically, the issue with the uh, Overshone, I'm being told, is that he is definitely not suspended by Texas at this point over this situation. So uh, it may end up being much ado about nothing uh, there in Austin uh, as it relates to Mar to Marvin Overshone. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about what Sark said at his presser now that we've got the Overshown issue out of the way, Joe. Uh, what did you hear on uh, – at what was your main takeaway, I guess, uh, with Sark and how he started the press conference today, uh, talking about how his team maintained composure and didn't stay in the rut that they started off in? Yeah, that's exactly it. He, he felt like he was energized, but he's not out there playing the game. His team is, and – uh, said they were kind of in a rut to start. Um, it took a little bit for them to get going. And, you know, the what a point I've been making to some people I've been talking to is that UTSA had to throw everything. They threw an onside. They threw a double pass. They they gave them their best shot, and they only came out of it, you know, 17-17. So at halftime, uh, there were some adjustments. Even before halftime, there were some, all right, guys, come on, get going, get going. Uh, and Steve Sarkeesian mentioned that once they woke up, once they got things going, it, the, the game appeared uh, to be more their style than, than what it was in the early stages. He also talked about missed tackles. And, uh, you know, some, some various places have different ways of recording missed tackles. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, when he spoke about it, he said through the first two weeks, uh, six in the first game, seven in the other, the, they only had uh, seven or 13 missed tackles. He mentioned the number 15 missed tackles uh, against UTSA. He did note most of them came in the early stages. And I, I, upon, you know, thinking back on my notes and giving it another watch in a little while, I bet that'll hold true that most of those missed tackles 
happened early. And of course, with Frank Harris, he's elusive as can be. Uh, but they obviously uh, shored things up over the course of the game and uh, finished strong. You know, what was it, a 34-3 run to, to finish the game? That's that's quality against whoever you're going up against. And to, to hold uh, UTSA, I think the only explosive play was that double pass. I can't really think of any big plays aside from that one. So to hold them in front of them and make sure that, yeah, you, they got their yards, yeah, they got their completion, the box score may not be pretty, but uh, they – they did their job on defense. Would have liked to get after the passer a little bit more, but sometimes it doesn't work that way. But the scoreboard told a lot of the tale, I feel like. Yeah, it did. And I think Sark used the term nobody blinked. And and I agree with that. It felt like uh, there was a time when they're down 17 to 7 when I was doing a lot of blinking personally. <laughs> but uh, Sark said the team did not. Uh, went right down and scored, uh, led mostly by Roshan Johnson. Uh, the senior leader that spoke to the media today. Uh, I want to talk to you about a couple of those guys that uh, that you talked to today. But um, other things that Sark said that I thought were interesting, he mentioned the QBs. Of course, uh, we, we felt like Hudson Card would start or Charles Wright would start against UTSA. Hudson Card ended up starting. Now, as we go forward to Texas Tech, Sark's being a little bit coy again. Uh, what did he have to say about the, the quarterbacks today, Joe? Yeah, he said they all practice, and that means everybody from uh, Quinn Ewers to Hudson Card, Charles Wright, to even Malik Murphy. Um, he, outside of what practiced means, you know, who took first string reps, who got all the ones, how how much did Quinn get to go today? A little bit more coy on that, like you mentioned, but uh, it definitely means that there's progress being shown from from Quinn Ewers on that front. Um, and of course, Hudson Card too, probably. He was kept Fairly clean, I feel like, on, on Saturday. Uh, I feel like the most stress his ankle under underwent was on that you know scramble to pick up a bunch of yards over the middle of the field. He didn't really seem like he was... Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Beat up that much over the course of the game. Um, but, you know, what that means is, you know, even at Inside Texas, we kind of talked about from the beginning, a couple of games, a few games as a timeline for, for Quinn Ewers. But because it was his non-throwing shoulder and because it it kind of seems like a pain tolerance thing this is kind of a good expected update that he's able to practice you know maybe he's still feeling it would be surprised if he was uh but it's a it's an update that makes sense especially after we saw him before the game on saturday throwing in warm-ups now he wasn't making as many throws as the guys who are truly suited up to play were uh, but he had shoulder pads on. He had his helmet on and warm-ups. He was thrown to some receivers, I guess, mostly to keep loose. Um, I guess also to keep up, uh, you know, an image for to keep Jeff Trailer fooled a little bit, I guess, and even opposing teams. Um, so uh, that makes sense. But to, to hear that he's starting to practice a little bit more and, and practice with every other quarterback's good news for sure. Uh, Texas favored by five points, four and a half points, depending on what book you look at right now, uh, over Texas Tech. 
Uh, Sark talked a little about about going to Lubbock. He's trying not to to get it, make sure his kids don't drink the rat poison, uh, as he's uh, want to say. I think. Uh, what did he have to say about head, heading to Lubbock this week? Uh, it's the Longhorns' first road game of the season. Yeah, one of the things he talked about and that several players talked about was, you know, we can only bring 70 with us. And if one, if the coach says it, if a player says it, that's kind of something you can tell is going to be repeated a lot. Um, but that's true. You know, Big 12 rules, I think, or maybe NCAA rules make the, limit the travel roster. And it's kind of one of those, hey, it's our 70 versus their 70,000 or however much uh, Jones ATT Stadium can hold. So they're already kind of starting an us against the world mentality uh, for heading to Lubbock. What was funny is somebody asked, it was Kirk Bowles, goes, are you expecting a warm welcome like Chris Beard received? And maybe Sark didn't get the joke. Maybe he didn't understand. It was like, you know, I don't know if I'll be as welcomed as warmly as Chris was for getting to the national championship game. And I don't know if you could see me just kind of hiding my face a little bit because, you know, I don't think there's going to be pictures of Steve Sarkeesian on the ground for tech students to stomp on as they enter the stadium. Uh, but he's definitely not going to be welcomed warmly, uh, but he's excited to play there. Uh, I, I bet he's a little happy that it's a two 30 kick instead of a 7 PM kick. Cause crazy things happen there. You know, the stat everybody kind of has talked about is Texas has not lost a game in Lubbock since the Crabtree game. But as long as I've been working, you know, you go 16 when it's Deontay Foreman running all over the place against Pat Mahomes trying to lead things back for the Red Raiders. Uh, 14, you know, you have Quandre Diggs knocking out Pat Mahomes. Uh, 12, skips my head. 18, a close game that saw El little Jordan Humphrey catch a last-minute touchdown. 20 was a wild game. Uh, a two-touchdown comeback in the late stages that went to overtime. So, Despite that winning streak in Lubbock, there have been some crazy games, one possession contests, overtime games that uh, have gone down to the wire. So uh, should be ex excited for it. Um, Joey McGuire, is, he can definitely tell he's got a lot of the aspects of the program being built in the right direction, but not so much the talent part of it quite yet. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's understandable. That's why he's in Lubbock, because it, Matt Wells wasn't getting it done. Uh, but he's got some interesting pieces on that roster, including a, a couple good running backs like Sir Roderick Thompson and uh, Taj Brooks and a very interesting quarterback in Donovan Smith. Yeah, I, I think one of the things I would like to ask you about uh, is who's going to be available. I, I mentioned briefly when we were talking about DeMarvian Overshone uh, and uh, the uh, issues he had with the law earlier in this program. Uh, what, did, what exactly did Sark have to say about uh, Overshone's hit? Uh, against UTSA and what they where they are in that process. So after the in the post game press conference, he mentioned that he was the explanation he got was that Frank Harris was a defenseless player, and which doesn't make much sense because this is a game of football. And and a couple things really stood out to me as I watched that whole process unfold. I mean, you see a hit like that where helmet meets helmet not a helmet to helmet hit but helmet meets helmet and you just kind of wonder in the in the way the current game is set up are they going to give it the buzz and take another look at it the umpire or the the c official i don't know exactly what that's short for and the referee were right there didn't call anything didn't throw a flag that we're going to let it go um you know they get a buzz down 
from upstairs from the replay official. Not sure who that was. Uh, and they take a look at it. And I'm just kind of thinking, like, I don't know what you're supposed to tell a six foot four dude barreling down on a five foot eleven guy uh, what to do. Yeah, it looked violent, but hey, you know, welcome to football. We're in year one fifty two of it in this in college football in this country, or maybe one fifty three at this point. Those types of hits happen, especially with the face masked helmet. Um, I but I was kind of looking at it and thinking, you know, as soon as the referee said after further review, that's when I knew he was out. And so the referee and a, I think one of the assistant referees go over to Sark to try to give him the explanation. And I'm no body language expert. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. But I could kind of tell that whoever was given the explanation was saying something to the effect of, look, I know this is a stupid rule. I know that's a hit, but like, hey, he buzzed it. That's what he determined and and we got to enforce it. So I don't know what DeMarvian could have done. Um, just by reading body language and that's assuming some things, but it's my own assumption. seems like the referees kind of know their hands were tied by the replay official and went ahead and did it uh, and, and injected him. So now we wait. Uh, it's a pretty novel process as far as the uh, targeting overturning. I think it's this year and uh, I think it goes from Texas to the Big 12 coordinator officials to the NCAA coordinator officials and then back down the line. Not sure how fast we'll hear that, uh, but you know it's got to come down at least before Saturday, and uh, hopefully we get some word on that. I was going to say, I hope that happens before Friday or something so that they actually can have the game plan. Uh, surely they'll have a game plan in way before that even, and it would be nice to have knowledge of whether or not Overshone will be suspended for the first half or not. Um, speaking of uh, Overshone, he's a senior. Uh, Sark, in his presser today, called out two other seniors. Uh, and talked a little bit about them, uh, Rashawn Johnson and Jordan Whittington, uh, in response to questions and uh, gave some glowing remarks to about both. Yeah, um, it was kind of in the frame of a you know good, bad, ugly, good, neutral, indifferent, or that type of question, uh, just to get his perspective. Now that we're a quarter through the season, um, and you know we talk about Rashawn Johnson's leadership. We talk about all the different things he does kind of is an off in an off field role, that type of thing. But he also plays football and he's been playing football pretty dang well of late. And that was the emphasis that Steve Sarkeesian offered saying that not only is he running hard, pass protecting well, caught, uh, yeah, caught a touchdown out of the backfield against UTSA. Uh, but for as simple as it seems, Wildcat, it take there's a few reads going on there, especially if every now and then, you know, you toss a pass play option on on one of his reads. That's not the simplest of things to do, even if it's in a limited scope. And also, you have to keep all your running back assignments in mind, too. So he praised him for being able to not just play, you know, be the off-field leader and the locker room alpha, but just being a really good football player. Um, he also mentioned Jordan Whittington, who has had a really strong year. Um, he, he's still 
rack, racking up catches pretty easily. Um, is a little bit different because he's not always in the slot. He is very often, but he's not always there. Uh, and, you know, he's a guy who has not only produced with the ball, but without the ball. He blocks really well. Um, he had a whale of a block on a couple screens in these past couple weeks. So uh, those are the two of the players that he highlighted. And, you know, credit to Jordan Whittington and, you know, knock on wood, he, he keeps staying healthy because that's a guy who makes a difference with or without the ball on, on pretty much every play. Um, Joe, uh, thank you uh, for, for giving us the update. Uh, Joe Cook of InsideTexas.com, beat writer uh, at Inside Texas right now. Uh, $1 for one month subscription. Uh, you can get the news and information from uh, not only Joe, myself, uh, Eric Naline, Jerry Hamilton, uh, Justin Wells, uh, Paul Wadlington, Ian Boyd. Uh, we're all there each and every day uh, providing information on the Longhorns. Please join us. Joe, the, the, the final question I would have is, is this. Uh, you've been covering Sark now uh, for a year and a half. Uh, how is he seeming right now? Does he feel you think he has some confidence in this team? Or, or do you think that he's still trying to figure it all out? Because I know last year at times he would just look around the room and he, did, he didn't have the answers and he would say so. What, what's it like now? You know, my impression is that they're, they're kind of climbing the ladder. Um, you know, what was step one? Can they beat a pretty overmatched ELM team? Okay, yeah. Now, what's step two? Probably the biggest test you may face this year in Alabama. Can you hold your own? Yeah, they came up with the L on the scoreboard, but they more than hold, held their own. Okay, what's step three? Are you able to beat a team that is going to give you a pretty good game as long as they're in it? Um, are they? Are you going to be able to avoid a letdown? Heck, step three and a half. Are you able to come back from 10 points down after getting punched in the mouth? Boom, made that climb. So all he's seen so far is continued progress that all those changes and attempts that they made in the offseason to overhaul things, it's worked. Um, you have a one-point loss as the only uh, you know mark against you right now. But now there's another step to climb. You know, Texas was one in five away, uh, I believe, from – from uh, DKR last year, 0-1 in Dallas and then 1-4 on the road. You know, okay, what's that next step? Are you going to be able to succeed on the road when, hey, maybe you have adversity and maybe you have a deficit and maybe, you know, something else happens. But instead of 100,000 supporting you, you got 70,000 trying to tell you to do some, you know, uh, anatomically impossible things. Um <laughs> It's a lot of that's that's the next step, and I can kind of see why there may be a small amount of like apprehension, like, okay, are they going to be able to do it from Longhorn fans? And I get that, but at least up to this point, they showed progress that they're climbing that ladder pretty well. But the next rung is is quite a rung, and you know I think it's they're they're going to be happy that the the lead up to the game in Dallas involves Texas Tech and West Virginia, who are admittedly probably lower middle of the pack teams, maybe upper middle of the pack teams in Texas Tech. Who knows what we'll see from uh, Joey McGuire. I think the the book may be almost written on Neil Brown, but his contract may have something to say about that. Uh, but these are not two teams expected to compete for a Big 12 title. Texas may not really be that ha have that expectation either, but they're closer to it than Tech and West Virginia now you have to see how a team like Texas with that expectation and the level of talent they have, the continuity they have, can fare, can fare against a Texas Tech team 
uh, that's in year one, is on a second quarterback, has some injuries on defense and on the O-line. Uh, they'll have the 70,000 there, but that, you know that's just another factor that they'll have to overcome when, when playing out on the uh, South Plains. Yep. Um, Joe uh, Cook, uh, InsideTexas.com, uh, beat reporter uh, and writer. Uh, Joe, I appreciate your time. I, I want to ask you one final question that's not related to Sark, and that's that you met with the, a couple of those players today. Jalen Ford was one of them. 15 tackles for Ford, 10 tackles the week before. After starting the season with zero tackles against ULM, what did Ford have to say that caught your attention today? Uh, he mentioned a little bit about how this defense is one an encouraging sign, going back to what I just talked about. They're ready to be the villain. Um, and that's an interesting mentality to have. You know, he said, we're, we're there to be foiling people. Offenses expect to score points. We're expecting to stop them from scoring points. And, and you go on the road and add that. You add, If you record a couple three and outs like you've been able to do in these past few weeks, you start hearing those groans from the crowd. That feeds into that villainous nature, I guess, of playing defense on the road. And, yeah, he's right in the middle of it. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian offered him a lot of praise saying, hey, they, he was around the ball enough to where if he makes a couple more plays, maybe five more to be exact, he could add a 20 tackle game. And that's pretty impressive against a, a, for a middle linebacker um, in the current era. But that also speaks a little bit to the game plan that UTSA had as well to try to get things to that first level as quickly as possible. But, you know, he's been a, a key part of everything, um, especially bouncing back from ULM. Uh, and, and he's, he, you know, first, I think this is one of the first times he was also able to speak to the media as well. So, you know, depending on what the Big 12 determines about DeMar and Overshone, he's going to have a lot of responsibilities this week and a lot of eyes on him as far as his role, whether that's helping uh, Diamante Tucker Dorsey and, and Jet Bush and uh, David Benda or, you know, just making a lot of plays himself. He's going to have an important week, but from talking him, to him today, he's he's ready for it and uh, excited to go play, make plays in an opposing stadium. Well, I got to say this before I let you go. Uh, I you you mentioned a stat that caught me by surprise because I hadn't heard it in uh, too long or in, in very long ago. Uh, one in five last year, Texas was away from uh, DKR. Obviously, they finished five and seven, uh, but one in five is just a, it's going to be something that Sark has to deal with. Uh, going forward and, and one that we got to watch out for uh, as the Longhorns head uh, to Texas Tech. Um, we're we're going to have a couple programming notes. Uh, Eric Nalin and I are going to have the state of the program tomorrow morning. Uh, Joe will join Justin Wells on Thursday uh, for uh, his and Justin's uh, weekly uh, discussion about the Longhorns. Uh, we also have some news coming out of Longview, hopefully on Wednesday for you. Jalen Hale, the, the right wide receiver, expected to announce his decision between Texas, Texas A&M, and Alabama. Uh, also, uh, if you would like to sorry, if you would like to advertise on on this show on Texas football, please email us on texasfootball at gmail.com. That's on texasfootball at gmail.com. For Joe Cook, I'm Bobby Burton. And this has been on Texas Football.